Is it bonfire night? No, no, it's I don't think so. October. It's, 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 it's over there. There's a fire. Ooh. Oh, what's, what's that? That's Adam's garden. Barbecue? What? What's oh, crikey. Quick, yeah. run. Smells oh, no. Burning wood or cardboard. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh he hasn't. He, he has. has. Oh, Christ. Yeah. We are gathered here today to pay final respects to our beloved dead. Cardboard Grinhilda, Ginger Squat, Knobnacker was the best of us. A cardboard woman for all seasons, except the rainy ones. I can safely say that to know her was to love her, and to love her was to biblically know her. Podcast editing would never be the same without having to trim her poetic chatter. The next time I run down a corridor, I know my heart will be empty. Of my friend, I can say only this. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, hers was the most cardboard. Listeners, to this, a very commemorative Staggering Stories. I'm Crumbly. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. Oh. I'm Jean. And I, yes, I am Just the... farted in your chair. <laughs> oh, don't God, mention What that. are you? Real Keith. Good boy. Without further ado, ushering in the third age of mankind, it's the news with El Presidente. Australia wants a piece of it too. Well, they can't have it. <laughs> well, they had it years ago. Have well, they? That's what we used to get our children from. Children. Sorry. Oh, sorry. 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 After all the recent hopeful talk of Doctor Who being made in New Zealand with Peter Jackson directing, perhaps inevitably their Doctor Who loving neighbours, God, you see what he did there, <laughs> in Australia, want a piece of the action too. Aussie politician and Who fan George Christensen. Oh, any relation to Hayden? Hopefully not. <laughs> if so, ugh. that was filmed in Australia. Has started. Oh, has started a campaign to tempt the production team to Australia to coincide with the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who's first Australian screening in 1965. Christensen hopes that enough signatures at DoctorWhoDownUnder.com.au will tempt the good Doctor to his country and, more specifically, to his part of North Queensland. In reality, money would probably be the only real motivator. Mm-hmm. A co-production deal for the episode like the US ones with BBC America would be the only practical temptation. I wonder if he wants you to turn up to his part of North Queensland so he can have a guest spot in it as well. <laughs> probably, <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. I, I, I see where he's coming from, but the 50th anniversary episode really should be in London. No, so no. The 50th, that's 50th that's anniversary 65. of it being in Australia. Uh, be so it's not next year, it'll be the year so, after. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. 
There's time yet to arrange two, it. Two yeah. years after yeah. our one. Yeah. yeah. Could be dead by then. <laughs> mm, speaking of death. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, God. Babylon fires my. Michael O'Hare. Dead. Oh. Yeah. The man who brought B5's commander Jeffrey Mogadon Sinclair <laughs> to life has passed beyond his own rim. AKA, he snuffed it. Mm. <laughs> Babylon 5 creator J. Michael Straczynski announced the sad news on Twitter. Apparently, the 60 year old O'Hare suffered a heart attack, but oh. it took 15 minutes before he was revived, mm. and they shut off his life support uh, system five days later mm. when it was clear he'd never wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a little bit long to be honest. JMS added on Twitter Richard Biggs, Andreas Katsulas, Jeff Conaway, Tim Cherit. Michael O'Hare, enough already. Go pick on somebody else's cast. <laughs> I can only assume from all this that someone in the afterlife has begun pre-production on the Babylon 5 movie. I wonder who's writing the script. He's <laughs> 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 quite young, isn't he? Well, yeah. as I said... He was 60, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, the no closer you get to the age, the younger it seems to be. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, really bad luck. All those B5 people yeah, have died. That, that is quite... The a, original well, Star Trek was, what, 30 years before? They've lost only yeah. two. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You would expect, I mean, right, with the Star Trek cast, I mean, due to their advanced years, Yeah. I mean, you know, so they would be sort of passing beyond the rims sort of on a fairly yeah, regular literally. basis. Yeah. But as I say, well, Babylon 5 seems to have taken... Well, seems to have yeah. taken a hefty blow. The Reaper seems to be dancing yeah. amongst yeah. them. So is mm. it becoming like the Superman franchise? <laughs> a cursed Could be. series? Cursed Babylon 5. Sorry, I'm not even getting into that. <laughs> Curse well. of Tutankhamun. A hundred years later, someone died. Yeah, really? they're all dead. No questions. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone well. who dug out Tutankhamun has now years ago. died. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, yes, that. Yeah. They have. Yeah, but to, See, that's you have been Yeah, but to paraphrase um, one of uh, Jeffrey Sinclair saying... Goodbye, old friend. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Keeping with uh, JMS, JMS teams up with the Wachowski siblings for a TV series. Mm. Sorry, whose siblings? Wachowski. Wachowski. That you said people. that really well. Thank you. I've been practising. <laughs> I know. Didn't they used to be brothers who are now yes. brother and sister? Yes. That's right, yeah. Yep. Apparently one of them got married to one of Los Angeles' um, sort of foremost queens of pain. Okay. Well, which right. one, the brother or the sister? Take your pick. <laughs> I don't want to know. And they apparently... timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently that's the reason why there was so much emphasis on the tight rubber wear in the uh, Matrix films. You've got oh, okay. your happy place, haven't you? <laughs> you can tell by his voice. The aforementioned JMS. Sorry, Keith, interrupted <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> Apparently, so they have to... We're taking my bit now. You've had your bit. And, and there are children listening. Apparently, they have their own pri- <laughs> private dungeon in their home. That's enough. <laughs> the aforementioned JMS has been busy on happier things too, fortunately. He has teamed up with Andy and Lenana Wachowski, famous for The Matrix, amongst other things, to create a new TV series <laughs> called Sense8 <clears> under <throat> the Studio JMS banner. Like the proposed US Blake 7 remake, Sense8 is also being produced by Georgeville TV. We can only presume that the fledgling Georgeville has a particular interest in sci-fi and fantasy projects. Producer Mark Ronson said... This is the kind of project that our company was set up to produce. An idea so big in size and scale that it doesn't make sense to try it as a pilot. 
The only way to let the filmmakers realise their vision on something like this is to do multiple episodes. Weren't you going to do a funny voice? <laughs> <laughs> two, of them, two funny voices. Okay. Look, if it worked for John Pertwee, it works for me. <laughs> Look what happened to him. <laughs> but he's over the there. curse of Pertwee. <laughs> oh, that might have stuck on a bike. <laughs> Give it time. <laughs> Stan Lee goes bionic. <laughs> we can rebuild him. Why has he gone bionic? 90-year-old comic <clears throat> legend Stan Lee has announced in his own inimitable way a little a little medical upgrade he has recently had. <laughs> now hear this. Your leader hath not deserted thee in an effort to be more like my fellow Avenger Tony Stark. I have had an electronic pacemaker placed oh. in my heart to ensure that I'll be able to lead thee for another 90 years. Does that mean he can pick out Heart FM now? I love Stanley. (laughs) I hate Heart with a passion. (laughs) (laughs) I have an addendum and it is so cool. You'll do your addendum. Someone has hacked World of Warcraft. Oh yeah. Um, the major cities they've created what seems to be um, a little level one character that ran through Stormwind and totaled everyone players <laughs> non-players um, Blizzard haven't worked out how they've done it yet they've corrected it but they're <laughs> damned if they know how it happened but there is a fantastic picture which we will shamelessly steal from the BBC's website and put up on the Staggering Stories site it is of one of the cities absolutely ankle deep in skeletons <laughs> <laughs> Dead players. do you mean World of Warcraft is now dead, dead. <laughs> well that she is and he is and he is and he is and I that one is. He so is. if your character's killed in War of Warcraft, the World of Warcraft, or what the heck it is, yeah. does that mean you've got to create a new character? No, 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 no. You just no, go no. to the... You just respawn at the nearest graveyard and run back in. But apparently people were respawning at the graveyard, running back in, and the little level one character was waiting there and going, boop, boop, you're dead again. <laughs> Which is why there's so many skeletons in this picture. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I have a slight addendum. Matt Smith. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. You love him. <laughs> you want to no. have his babies. No, believe me, I don't. Well, Jean and Matt sitting, sitting in, in a tree. K i s s i n g. Matt Smith went round the racetrack of the Top Gear in a reasonably priced car and beat all of the other Doctor Who casts time by almost five seconds. Even Billy Piper? He did it in 1.43. Ah, but the new reasonably priced car is a better one than the one when David Tennant and Billy Piper and that did it. Billy Piper cheated. She missed half the course. No, she 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 wore a peekaboo bra, if I remember. She she, um, used her assets to her advantage. (laughs) But yes, he's broken the Doctor Who personages' times. Just think if if Gillen could have learned to drive a bit sooner. (laughs) They could have had there. Not anymore, though. No, not anymore. <laughs> but we'll come to that later. Right, um, I have one addendum. Well, no, actually, I've got he two addendums. He had the other one chopped my, off. My first, I'm ignoring you, my first addendum is, as this the theme of this um, podcast seems to be parting and going across the mortal veil and, and disappearing... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, they've got an article on Blaster, which we shall put up on the links or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, it's of a sci-fi coffins. 
<laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. Uh, coffins you can ha- be buried in. Uh, a couple of them is one's a photon torpedo tube. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one is a police box, police box coffin. Yeah. You also have the atypical Dracula coffin, all lashed uh-huh. out in red velvet mm. and down the sides. <laughs> there is uh, three types of coffin in your Star Trek Next Gen uniform. You can have a yellow one, <laughs> a red one, or a blue one. Right. Uh, we have a Spider-Man coffin with all the, the, the logo on it. There's uh, a company okay. over here that does them to mm, yeah. order now, yeah. yeah. And there is also um, a Game Boy console coffin. Uh, like carbonite, can you have your hand stuck yeah. up? Yeah. How cool would that be? I, I saw a, mortis, the a dead, dead good job, which sort of like had that, and I thought, oh, I want a TARDIS coffin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the trouble is... You know, nine out of ten of us will have to be cremated, and that's an awful lot of money just to burn. It is, but, you know, what a way to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, some of them aren't that expensive because they are cardboard coffins that have been printed. got to be kidding. I deal with funeral directors. I've seen how much they charge people for grief. (laughs) Bunch of crooks. (laughs) Yes, and especially you, Natalie. Oh, uh, uh, oh. No names, no names, no pack. Natalie! <laughs> <laughs> my final addendum is something that is relatively close to my heart. The Doctor Who role-playing game. <laughs> yeah. Relative, not as just, close as you. Just got a picture of his addendum close to his heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not in a while since he's been able to bend over like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, they have finally, my toenails finally <laughs> got around to releasing the unit sub. Oh, have they? The PDF unit, version? Yeah, it is gone to the printers. Yeah. So if you go to Cubicle 7's website, you can pre-order. If you do pre-order, that means they will send you a copy of the book when it is sent, yep. and you will immediately get sent a PDF. Uh, I bet there's no Kate in there. Who's no, Kate? no, th- that's a little bit too early for Kate. I think it goes Kate up to Stuart. Oh, that Kate. Sorry. Oh. I think it goes up to the last time unit was seen, which I think is Planet of the Dead. Seventy-eight. Planet of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. The Christmas yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, Christmas one. Yeah. So yeah, that, that they finally got around that, and I think the t- uh, time traveller's companion is currently at the BBC for final vetting. Oh, Ooh. final vetting. Yeah, so that's probably months. next next year. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what you're saying is that this role-playing game about unit is already out of date. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. Inevitably. I, I have a quick plug. Uh, the novel Clockwork Angels by Kevin J. Anderson and Neil Peart is out now. Go out and buy it. <laughs> you plugged that last time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you plugged that last time. See, but at least his addendums are short and sweet and to the point. Ooh, I hit the <laughs> By the time I've finished editing, I won't have hit it at all. <laughs> Whereas Thing over there will have hit it many, many times. Thing one or Thing two? Cockney Thing, I think. Which one do you want to be? <laughs> I have a final addendum. Yes. It's a sad one. Oh. Oh. We know what happened to them. No, it's worse than that. Oh, oh is oh, it? Go on. Dread, the oh, film. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's completely bombed in the US. Oh, oh. what? Yeah. It's brilliant. They made a total of well, twelve and a half million. US Nobody stores. saw it, oh, and it cost why? fifty million to make. So, no chance of a sequel now. That's a shame. That is a shame. Yeah. It was a good film. How much did it yeah. make over here? Uh, internationally, in total, about ten million. So, twenty-two million in all. US dollars. Oh. It needs to make about... Well, Come on, America, watch it. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's Naya, get out there and talk to people. Hey, let us down. The US let us Naya, down. Naya, you let us down. 
You haven't told everyone. Naomi's not personally responsible for what all her American brethren do. Yes, she do. is. <laughs> Andre has when to take I some responsibility a... as well. Oh, Andre, yeah, Andre. <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> right, we've been watching television. Yeah, some of us don't have a life. <laughs> no, all of us don't have a life. What we've been watching? We've been watching Doctor Who. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I tried to give, break it to him gently. Give him a cuddle. <laughs> no, uh, did something, something put him down. tragic happen in this episode of Doctor Who? Uh, well, I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> I, just for the purposes of our listeners, I would like to inform them that Adam is sitting here all in black. black. Yes, he's he, in mourning. He has a black tie, a black, black shirt. shirt. I black bet trousers. he's got black boxes on. <laughs> underneath black there. socks. We've been watching the Angels Take Manhattan, mm-hmm. and we had different mixed feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Four of us thought one thing, and El Presidente <laughs> thought another thing. <laughs> so we're going to let him have his little our, our rant. rant. Our ruthless yet benevolent dictator. Our dear leader, yes. Git face over there. <laughs> so Stanley's Stories brings you El Presidente's view of Angels Take Manhattan. Sorry, Amelia. Hallelujah. I'm so, so sorry. We can just go and get him in the TARDIS. I'm more a paradox. Rip New York apart. No, that's not true. I don't believe you. Mother, it's true. I just have to blink, right? No! It'll be fine. I know it will. I'll, I'll, I'll be with him. Me and Rory together. Raggedy man. Goodbye. Firstly... And another thing. <laughs> Worst of all. <laughs> so, in conclusion. Uh, where to begin? I was spoiled, basically. I knew three things about it, but I still knew too much. Ooh. He knew no. Amy was in it, Rory was in it, yeah, and the, the doctor, doctor was, was in, in it. it. And I knew the Angels, Manhattan, and they were leaving. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was enough for me to come up with a better storyline than Moffat <laughs> came up with. No, he didn't. Do I detect a certain amount of spleen about to be invented? He was never going to like this one, no, was he? No. No. Carry on. Probably not. Carry on. Okay, I had this grand idea of we get closure. We need to get. We is in New York. Isn't death closure enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had this whole thing this entire season about Amy. Uh, well, this is last season, really. Amy missing her Melody's childhood and not being bring up her child. We had that again in uh, Power Three, I think. And this season, particularly, we've had Rory wanting to be a father, but because as what happened to Amy, he can't be. Mm-hmm. So we've got two bits of plot strands there needing closure. We're in New York. They get zapped back in time as I predicted. So I thought, perfect. They get their closure. They will be there in the alleyway when Melody regenerates into that toddler and they will bring her up and then Rory will have the child, Amy will have Melody to bring up. Everything will be nice and happy. <laughs> Got this vein bulging in his forehead. <laughs> but instead, Moffat entirely forgot about that. I don't know why they're there. They clearly are there at that time. They were there in 1938. Melody mm. was there in 1969, going on 1970. We don't know it was 1938. They said it was 1938. Yes. <laughs> Manhattan Angel's statement is set in 1938. Yeah, that, that was the beginning of it. We don't know where yeah. it goes. Is that back to at the end? It's so not necessarily they... 1938. Because mm. the hotel destroyed and it was a lone survivor on its own. It may and not he, have he was had weak. the power to send yeah. him all the way back. Mm. 
so you're not happy with the vast toffee, are you? <laughs> there is there is nothing to say that that happened. There is also nothing to say that that didn't. didn't no. But I thought we'd have proper explanation what happened to Melody after that point. We saw regenerating. Next thing we saw, she was a eight-year-old in Ledworth. 30, 40 years later, whatever it was. That may yet to come. No, But in any other circumstance, you would mock the coincidence of them happening to appear at the alleyway where she was. No, I think a nice Back to the Future 2 style ending with them running on. Uh, She's finished regenerating, like the end of Back to the Future 2, where we saw that scene again of the Delorean going back to the future. It's really quite big, New York, (laughs) you know. It's not a small place, so, <laughs> you know, them finding that alley and noticing a funny light coming from it... But would have they, been... they know she, she herself said in Let's Go Hitler, last time this happened to me, I've generated into a toddler in an alleyway in New York, so they knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but there's lots of alleyways, that's what I'm <laughs> getting at. Is it, it would generate huge, in a street in London. Yeah, it would be a huge well, coincidence, which you would otherwise mock if it was anything except that. There's no reason why they couldn't find out. Mm. Mel- uh, Melody River herself could have said... Because she had to give them the, uh, the the manuscript. Yeah, to type to type up. Yeah. But when she regenerated into a toddler, she probably wasn't much past you know, wetting herself and crying really. So. <laughs> but she was older when she started to regenerate. So yes, she's probably. True. But she did have other things on her mind than looking for a street sign. <laughs> well, yeah. at the beginning of uh, the uh, the two parter last mm. year, it was all about street signs. That's how it they was, found it. It was. This is mm. true. This is very true. Because she looked out the window. Yes. So was there anything you did like about it? <laughs> um, did you find Rory particularly sexy? <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I did. He rather manly. Manly. Mm-hmm. No. Did See, the- I expected to be properly moved by it, but I just wasn't. Oh, that's oh. a shame. Because mm-hmm. there was some good movage going on in our house. Compare it to something like um, we'd heard music earlier to Vincent's The Doctor. Compared to that, it wasn't mm. anything like as powerful as that, or let, let alone uh, Girl Who Waited. No, it wasn't, but I still found it pretty damn powerful stuff. From the moment they um, plummeted off the uh, skyscraper mm. onwards, everything was just a bit blurry. <laughs> uh, I, I got on personally, from my own point of view, despite it being a story about suicide, I found it yeah. incredibly, <laughs> incredibly romantic. Yeah. Mm. I, I actually enjoyed I liked the whole way it started as a sort of like, you know, old sort of like film noir detective yeah, the pre credit yeah, bit was which good. I thought was quite nice <clears throat> um, the only thing I have to say I, I found a bit weird is it, I think it would have been a nice touch everyone's really like this is Amy it's all a story about Amy 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 it would have been nice if you said Dr Rory Williams that actually something for Rory happened and he yeah. went back in time oh, and, and he got his doctor, doctor and yeah, I'm I'm just it's like yeah. oh we've got to get rid of him he's always sidelined from everything well, it was Amy's story that was the whole point well, yeah, oh yeah well, as he's as still Amy, not towards as I mentioned, as I mentioned <laughs> it's to also, you how many medical techniques did was discovered by yeah, a Mr Rory Williams, Williams. Yeah. Yeah. although it's a story about Amy Rory comes with Amy we've also lost two companions <laughs> on this one we've lost Rory as well I know that's what was upsetting me well that's the thing is all, okay I've mentioned in the past that it's all Rory as Doctor Who's very own version of Kenny <laughs> Well, he, was, he made a reference yeah, to that. Fact, it, he's yeah. back to life. Yeah. We were keeping score by the end of it. I think was it Rory died three, three times, times in that episode, and Dame, Amy died twice. Three times. Yeah. The old man in the bed. Mm-hmm. The old man in the, the bed room. jumping, jumping off, off the, the building, and then and the normal final. death after living out his. Oh, I suppose living out his life. Yeah. yeah, we we don't know they're actually in there. A lot of people are say are saying that 
time is now fixed because of that gravestone. No, see, this is this was another. Actually, no, this was another why can't thing. Why the doctor go back and find? Because them? if he if he went back to New York, it bounces off and makes. Well, there are so many mentioned. temporal disturbances. In, yeah. Only that around discussion. that point in time. Exactly. But look, why can't he work outside New York and get a bus in? Yeah, it's, exactly. It, it depends how yeah how long it lasts. So, so the the highest point of the interference would be 1938. Yeah. You know, it increases for and then will decrease. So it's a couple of yeah. years, maybe a five year, ten year period over. Just yeah. arbitrarily. Yeah. Go land in London, send them a letter and a flight ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, well, there is, there, there, is the, there is the fact that um, he says, I think it's covered up, that he says Roy has to run, run away. It's the only way to uh, beat the angels. So if he, yes. if he goes outside New York, will he now once become a target for the angels? Will they see the temporary energy that surrounds him? I think the angels are done, basically, apart from that one survivor. Mm, yeah. yeah, apart from the, that one. The, the paradox sourced him out. What happens to that survivor, we don't know. Well, suddenly that, there and then gone. Uh, that, t- <laughs> that ties nicely in with... Um, I'm not too sure about the years, but it would, would tie nicely in with Blink. Perhaps that was it meant explains, to be 2012, I think. Yeah, it explains mm. how many, uh, why we've got these scavengers. Mm. Well, I think it's very much a get-out-of-jail card for the uh, Weeping Angels because there is that one survivor. And, of course, he's, you know, so it's fed off of uh, Rory and Amy going back in time. Yeah. So, therefore, he could have sort of replenished himself. Yeah, it's the equivalent rather. of Davros's escape mm. pod every time the ship mm. blows up. Yeah. That's one, it. One and thing... could have gone on somewhere else because basically the angels were in New York and bringing everything to life, including mm. the Statue of Liberty. Which so if... was brilliant, mm. wasn't it? Oh, blimey, like, yeah. You've got your grumpy face on over there. He <laughs> really has. But I thought the Statue of Liberty was brilliant and we really shouldn't think so hard about these That's things. That's the problem. It doesn't the quite ta- stand the, up. Well, the target audience, having spoken to the parents of several of the target audience, loved it. They thought it was fantastic. Uh, they thought it should have been in every scene. <laughs> I have to say, I looked at that, you know, you had the whole sound effect and there was a moment of me that was disappointed that we weren't CGI'd of it walking across uh, New York. But then I started thinking, this is so old, Doctor This is how they'd have done it with Tom Baker's yeah. story. This <laughs> was almost classic it was special yeah. effects. One large styrofoam or whatever you like to call it, carved out head doesn't move. It's always got the same expression. But you know what it is. I think is. it was CG, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. One thing um, that is slightly starting to annoy me, although mm-hmm. not enough to be really annoyed, mm-hmm. um, is whether or not time is fixed. They seem to... Ca- yeah. He seems to come up with a new reason for why well, he can't change time. Mm-hmm. So it's this time it was time's fixed because you read it in a book. Yes. It's... What, really? Flimsy. <laughs> mm, well, yeah. we, he said uh, time is now set in stone because he'd read the book. Standing in front of the gravestone, you know, stone literally, mm. which had this one name on it, and suddenly mm-hmm. it's got two. Mm. <laughs> set in stone? You've had one yeah. name, now you've got two. <laughs> I think it's been mentioned before, I've, I've read it somewhere, is um, William Hartnell had yeah. said, you can't, the first doctor said, you can't change time, not one jot. Uh-huh. And it seems to be you can't change time as in the same way as you can't drive through a red light. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's nothing necessarily stopping you, but something yeah. very bad might happen if you do. Yes. And he had the Time Lords and yeah. Matt yeah. Smith doesn't. I, I think back in the original Who, um, the sonic screwdriver disappeared into oblivion at one point. Got shot because, by the No, because... <laughs> did? The writers, <laughs> the writers were using it as a good way of getting out of plots, etc. Yeah. It was overused. If you had a problem, you could sonic screwdriver out of it. 
I get the feeling Steve Moffat is starting to use this timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly thing as the the easy way out of plots and that kind of mm. stuff. Mm. Oh, I'm getting a bit bored with this. Let's reset this. Oh, I don't want to actually kill anyone. Let's reset this. So sometimes it's fixed, sometimes it isn't, depending mm. on which way his particular muses are flying yeah. at the time. There is, and this is one of the things that has been bugging me for a while, that the inconsistencies within the Who universe are starting to make it, starting to to reduce its believability in a way. Well, (laughs) but yeah, but anything anything that's fictional like that, to actually have a degree of being able to let loose with the imagination, it's got to have its own rules that it sticks by. As daft Mm. as they are, it's got to have them, and they're there, but the rules within its own universe are starting to get broke so often now. Well, I think I... he has got rules. He does stick to them generally. We've got all this stuff about fixed points in time. This time we've got the excuse of the uh, all the time distortion stopping the tires getting in. So he's tried to do it, but actually it doesn't just hold up. Mm. It doesn't hold up because people, it... people say, OK, it isn't New York's problem. It's, it's the ponds because they've written that book. Time is now yeah. fixed. Mm. But we don't know that uh, what she wrote in that book she didn't write the first day they got back. So everything after that point is now free and open. We don't know that that gravestone is real. Are there any bodies in that grave? No ha- reason if, why there has to be. If the place <laughs> is stuck under this time eddy thingy, how does River get in and out? Because she's using a time. But like she said, she's jumpy. using a. Her, vortex, her manipulator. vortex manipulator well, I, I which is like riding a bicycle through traffic I get the impression that what all she actually did was just like in Back to the Future again she just left the manuscript with uh, a courier to deliver on a yeah. certain date to mm. the ponds so she didn't go there herself she got went there beforehand yeah, she didn't go back yeah she yeah. didn't get into the distortion she got before distortion and let the book take its natural passage through time but dis- discussing you know like Jean mentioned all the rules and that we also have to remember that for 99% of the people who watch the show that doesn't matter it's just saddos like us who sit in front of microphones <laughs> and over analyse everything <laughs> yeah I suppose who so. get cross with things well, Adam, <laughs> yeah. I, so I have to go back to my first feelings while watching it, and that I loved. I'm yeah, sorry, I, I thought it was fantastic. I enjoyed yeah. it, yeah. every minute of it. I, I, there were some really touching things. Um, I like some of the bits about you know, husband run, and then <laughs> yeah. husband run. I thought that was yes. quite nice yeah. with the doctor and that. Um, I did think the end was done very well with the doctor's total and utter selfishness. Yeah, Laurie's gone go back. Yes. Well, I do. She wants to go yeah. back to her husband, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to let her go. She's his, not Rory's. Rory's and yeah. and River having to say, "Mum, go." Yeah. I did like that whole bit with it, it was almost Hartnell-esque in terms of I don't really care about anyone else. I really mm. don't care about anyone else. I care only about me, well, and what I care is I want you here. And it was that mm. real selfish streak that there the is, Doctor does have that doesn't come through. There is something often. that occurred to me at what you've just said, and at the beginning of the uh, episode, because it was very much a family with mm. the doctor as the child mm. when yeah. they're at the picnic yeah. when they're sitting down and he's mm. reading out huge chunks of oh, the when book. they have a kiss and he gets mm. embarrassed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that reaction which you've just said is, is also very childlike oh, you yeah. know, this is my mother this is mine yeah. don't yeah. interfere this is what I want yeah. and well, the River calls him on that almost she says yeah. Yeah. you're this ancient uh, timeless figure and yet you have the face of a 12 year old yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the bit where um, Amy told 
River well, told Melody to be a good girl. Yeah, that yeah. was oh, that was so sweet. Mm. There were a few. <laughs> there was a you know, very short scene in um, Angel State Manhattan that had me sort of I wouldn't say puzzled, but had me thinking. It's where the doctor is. I think he's seated somewhere, and his hands are covering a plaque of some sort. Yeah, so he he lifted his hands off it you know, briefly. He was resting his hands on it, and yeah, you know, I saw some. I saw the word NATO on it. Oh, that was the Rolls Royce. Oh, that was when he was, he was doing, doing his hair because yeah. he was going to see mm. River, so he was yeah, smoothing yeah. his yeah. hair back. Yeah. Somebody did take a picture of it. It's apparently it's something from the engine of a Rolls Royce or something. Yeah, mm. it's, it's uh, a name yeah. plaque. Ah. Baby angels. <laughs> How bloody creepy oh, were they? Right. And who cares if blowing out the match really isn't what they should be able to do? It was being brilliant. Being locked yeah. in a very dark cellar, with, you know that something's running around tittering behind that you. Giggle. Mm. Can you do an impression? No. <laughs> that was nasty, that was. That was really <laughs> awful. Yeah, that was good. I liked mm. the fact what the angels were doing. They're back to the old angels. They weren't these killers. They were sending people back in time, uh, as they used to. Feeding off. Out of curiosity, how do angels produce baby angels? Well, they, what, what <laughs> they get an stone image of an first. angel is an angel. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, whole, the whole idea of the farm was very good, I thought. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Which was in Battery Park. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. It did raise the question. They said when people try to escape, they get sent back in time. Yeah. So does that mean there's v- different ages of the same person in that uh, building? Mm, you never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only possibly. have one name. Well, as far as we saw, I only had one name plaque That's for each person. And what we saw. One, but... one thing me and Bill both said at the same time was that they keep driving to that building. Winter Key. Right, yeah. and it's 1938. Mm. There are not that many cars on the road. Yellow lines and um, ticket machines have not really been invented. Yeah. So why aren't they parking right outside mm. the building? <laughs> why are they going halfway around the block to have to keep running back to the building? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> too close. <laughs> we just sat there, me and Bill both looked at him. Why? <laughs> why not? I do have a question. Has uh, the Le- Doctor Eleven now got brainy specs? Oh, he stole lot Amy's Harry Potter mm. specs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They Still really look like yeah. um, he it, he played um, an Olympic rower recently. Yes, mm. and yeah. they were exactly the same specs that he wore yeah. in there. What's people's feelings on him suddenly, for the first time in forty-nine years, having the powers to pass his regeneration abilities on to other people mm. to heal them? He's done it when before. he's not quite in the midst of regeneration. He's done When's it before. He done it before? Um, t- uh, ten years of my life to power up the TARDIS. Oh, okay, Sidemen. Mm. Yeah, the yeah, Sidemen. Uh, Age of Steel. So he can do it. I've just mm. given up ten yeah. years of my life to power the. TARDIS. So it has to be yeah. something that he he really really loves. Basically, and, yeah. his two yeah. loves: his wife and his TARDIS. And yeah. there was one other thought that went through my mind as I watched that. I am a god of the fourth. What? Who said time? Death comes to time. Oh. Uh. Where they had the power to heal. He's yeah. been the god of the fourth. Uh, see. Yeah, I, I like the way River was really upset at him doing that. Yeah, mm. I thought, oh, wait, you've given him, you've given me your entire yeah. generation Which energy. Which is why she knows how important that was. It is, yeah. but her he wrist- owes her a bit. Her <laughs> wrist will mend. Yeah. And that I didn't get either. You know, just because Amy said it and read it in a book, why did he? Why did she have to break her wrist? Why didn't he sort of? Snap off the Because he was annoyed at that point in time. <laughs> you could tell that... Yes, he was having a little petulant... Yeah, he, he was having out. a paddy. Yeah, again, it's back to the gravestone. If that can change, why can't the book change? This and anyway, the book easily... doesn't necessarily have to be truth. He could have quite easily <laughs> smashed the angel's hand. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Isn't it nice to be present at the birth of a new obsession? <laughs> <laughs> I feel humbled. I actually really did enjoy this. Yeah, no, I didn't mind it that much, actually. I was disappointed by it, but I didn't mind it that much. I, I wasn't uh, disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. Um, I didn't think it was worthy to say goodbye to, to Pond and... See, this is this all coming out now. Here we are. Well, I think the problem... And this is one of the problems you've got, and I, I do have sympathy with the writers on this point, is yeah. how many ways do you get rid of a companion? Male, female, single mm-hmm. partners, yeah. etc. At a certain point, you have to get rid of them in somehow. Yeah. You can only kill so many in so many ways, and they don't like to do that too often. You can only marry them off so many times. You can only leave... You know, you've got to try and think of original or newish ways that don't repeat the same pattern yeah. too often. Yeah. I think this is the first time any of them have been slingshot back into time. Well, because in past you could just go back, Patrick. couldn't you? Uh, no, he was killed. Well, he got slung shot back into time <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, but, but it was yeah. a smear over the planet Earth. <laughs> Moffat actually wrote about this. Uh, it was in Radio Times. Yeah. And said was... there are three basic ways to kill somebody off. Or oh, write them out. I think saying yeah. killed off is a bit bad in this one because mm. he hasn't killed them off. They died of old age, which yeah. would have happened anyway. Well, uh, Killing off means you've got a reading, reading the article, <laughs> yeah. at one point in time, it was Scrodinger's Ponds. Yes. Because they were dead, they were alive, they were dead. One oh. version, they were dead. Well, that, next version, they were alive. Next version, they were dead. As you said, you can either marry them off, which is already done with the ponds. Yeah. Mm. Leave them behind, which is already done yeah. at uh, the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Or you can kill them off. Yeah. So he's done well, all three of them. Well, yeah, this this is the final coda that literally started in the God Complex because they've ha- have been leaving since then. They have, yeah, yeah, and haven't quite been able to get rid of them. Mm. Yeah, but they're gone now. Yay! All I have to say is watching it, it worked for me. Yeah, that's yes, all I have to definitely. say. It was a fun story. Did you notice no. some of the in jokes with the, the dates involved? He's no. China, we went back to China, 221 BC. Oh, what for the 221 B, 221 BC. Two. Sherlock. Yeah. 221 China, 221 BC. Oh, okay. uh, and their ages. Uh, 87 80, and 80. Yeah. Gillan was born in 87. She Darwin died at age 87. 82. And, 82. And did you notice his Rory's middle name was Arthur? Yeah, but he didn't give Amy's middle name. Which reason. is funny because it's already been established. It's Jessica. Jessica, yeah. Because yeah. she's got the same initials as Adam. Yeah, AJP. <laughs> <laughs> Meant to be. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez> Christ. <laughs> so Adam's not a happy bunny, but we loved it. No. Hmm. Tell us what you think. Write to us, please, at show. At staggering. No, no, no. You will do a friendly at. Oh. At. Oh, I'm going to down my chest. Can I help? Can I drop anything up for you? It looks like I'm in Anyway, we'll worry. Could you stop rubbing your boobs? Do you want me to do that? Stop rubbing her boobs. Sorry. Rub Andy's uh, boobs. I'm trying to dry up the drink. <laughs> Show. At. Come on. Oh, come we've on. lost her. Come on. Jean's having a crisis. Jean's having a crisis. Jean's having a crisis. Jean's having a crisis. Someone's not confident to take laughing. We will try again. Now Karen's having a crisis. Show. At Staggering. What the hell is this? <laughs> Why do you have all the actions? Just say the bloody word. It's the shortest word in the world. Hey. Shut your noise. <laughs> Show. At Staggering. Stories. Dot. 
net. I have a request to make of our listeners. I Who wants a, a baby? I <laughs> send you a sperm <laughs> show. No, no, no. 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 I, think that's I want a recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a notice saying that in the South no, in general. <laughs> have you got sperm to spare? Sound <laughs> <laughs> like Crichton, though, did. <laughs> now, I have a request of our listeners, and I need a recommendation and a reason why they proposed the recommendation. Some of you will know that I have an autograph book for Doctor Who signatures, which mm-hmm. is a copy of the Five Doctors paperback, which now has no room left in it. <laughs> Seriously. And I thought, I need a new Doctor Who paperback ah, as an autograph ah, book for yeah. the new Who. An earthly child? That's not new Who. Oh, new Who. Time Ash. That's not new Who. Carnival of Monsters. So <laughs> what story would the listeners recommend for the new Who that I get a paperback version of to use as my autograph book and why? And having said this, I'd get them to sign oh. over the pages and all sorts. I know what idea I have, mm-hmm. but mm. I just want to see what recommendations any listeners might have. You can send your recommendations to <laughs> show at staggeringstories.net. And welcome to this next round of tea dueling, mm. which is brought to you from the dense forests of the Cretaceous period. Dense being rocked. Yes. Now we've had lookouts positioned every 15 yards because... In case Nick Cutter turns up. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very slowly. We did see a velociraptor earlier but we fed fake crumbly to it so we're hoping (laughs) it's i know (laughs) we you weren't around to ask we shed a tear just just Mm. brief um (laughs) right well gentlemen while we're still alive select your weapons adam look out for dinosaurs okay Okay. glass of water if it shakes we know Uh (laughs) on the count of three you will dunk your weapons one two three dunk one two Three, four, five. Remove and hold erect. Erect, mm. Crumbly. And Crumbly's tea is dribbling down his arm, dribbling down his arm, and that must be feel <laughs> oh. really, really, really and, and awful. The, and the and face. Real Keith has gone there. Keith, he's glaring, he's glaring. What was that noise? He's trying what was to that use noise? Mental power. It's the T-Rex rumbling and through the behind He's collapsed and Crumbly has produced a perfect nom. Well nommed, Crumbly. Well, what was that? Oh, Keith, don't move. What? Those, Where? those trees oh. are shifting. The ones with the pointy are they Vegisauruses? Mm, no. What triceratopses are they? Uh, ah, they're, they're all right. It's a triceratops. They're okay. They're okay. okay. They're okay. They're okay. They're okay. They're okay. They're okay. They like golf balls, don't they? Right. Biscuit. How's the water? Still relatively uh, calm. Okay. okay. Select your next weapon, <laughs> gentlemen. Crumbly has selected his weapon. And Keith selects his final weapon before what will become known as yeah. the Great Munch. And <laughs> is that a Stegosaurus? There's a Stegosaurus. We're in the Cretaceous. Why is there a Stegosaurus? Oh, At least it is an Adithinkisaurus. <laughs> well, you can't even say it. <laughs> uh, well, there's that big nothing. silver flashing sparkly thing over there. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, there's it's... Nick Cutter over there. Oh, oh, quick, yeah. select your Shoot him weapons. Quick. <laughs> On the count of three, dunk. One, two, three, dunk. 
Glaring at his weapon again, glaring yeah. at it, forgetting that last time he glared it into oblivion. Mind Crumbly is Crumbly. solid and stiff. Looking at it, yes, yeah, no amorously. sign of floppage whatsoever. <laughs> oh, the sweat not, is Oh, Keith is the winner. Crumbly has splodged all over his groin. <laughs> I think that was a half dumb. <laughs> oh. Keith. Huh? Don't look behind you. Why? Should yeah. we all run this way? I think that'd be a good idea. Why? What did Tiki do? Ladies and gentlemen, some of you will be joining us at Gallifrey this coming February, and we would like to issue a challenge. We would like to invite any other podcasters or even individual listeners to a tea dueling contest at Galley. We will provide the milk cow biscuits if we can get them past customs. <laughs> Someone will have to provide the boiling water though and the milk. <laughs> so let us know if you can form a team or if you're a podcasting crew that wishes to take on the might of the tea jewel inside it is staggering stories <laughs> you can write to us at show <laughs> at staggering <laughs> stories dot net before we move on to the next segment our protector during that visit to the Cretaceous period oh, yeah. would Nick like Cutter. us to greet him not Nick Cutter. <laughs> He's dead now. We should oh. say hello to the yes. Pertwee. Oh. Hello, 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 hello Pertwee. Hello. And, oh, uh, oh, of course she's <laughs> yeah, been. Yeah. She's good. No, no, somebody give Adam a cuddle. Oh, oh. But we can say goodbye yes. to plastic, to plastic, plastic babies. Because yeah. plastic Jenna Louise is kicking your ass out. But, as soon as we find her. But Graham, dangerous Churchill, yes, fascist, fascist, Spock, Spock, and fascist yes. Bock will still be here. Yes. yes. I miss Grunhilda. <laughs> he never had big cardboard cut out of Rory. I know he didn't. He I tried buying him one. He just sent it back saying address unknown. You know. Some of mm. us have been watching Red Dwarf. Yes, Dave. Who? Dave Lister. No, no, just mm-hmm. Dave. Dave. Just Dave. Come from the future. Have uh, not the BBC. <laughs> yeah, have I mean. been the power behind mm. bringing us back. A bunch of blokes who think they're still 18. Sorry, <laughs> Ben's <laughs> 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 so, so what did we think? Well. It's all right. I've seen this twice so far. Mm-hmm. First time I saw it on by myself and I was not impressed. Ooh. No, no, I didn't enjoy it at all. Then I saw it in company with uh, Construct Construct number two and you and actually I laughed a lot more on the second time around than I did the first that's time. probably because construct around. number two finds silly things funny and yeah. his laughter is infectious probably he's probably <laughs> right, got a lot yeah, to do yeah. with it yeah I think they've made a triumphant comeback following the slightly disappointing back to earth I agree back to mm. earth was yeah. as we've said before so, we, will, we shall not so speak of it poor. we shall and not speak of it this was yeah this was like red dwarf again mm, yes I won't go as far as that. I will say it was a hell of a lot better than uh, Back to Earth, though. It's 
not there yet for me, but it's getting there. Well, it's only the first episode. Yeah, so. I'm, that's, I'm not denying that. I'm not denying the that. I'm whole, just doing um, it as the first episode. The whole episode moose the joke build-up. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and, the, and the storomatic. Yeah, if yeah. you're going to use a gun in Act 3, you've got to show it in Act 1. Oh, yeah. So did that show it in big flashing letters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was quite good, the moose joke. Better. Isn't Danny John Jules a dick? <laughs> Why? How dare Why? he still look fantastic? <laughs> no. He's the only one that doesn't look like he's aged. Even the robot looks like he's so aged. Dinged. Yeah, that was me. I'm running out of batteries. Uh, oh. Yeah, Danny John <laughs> looks like he's still the same I'm going to plug him in. Quick, plug him into the mains. I like the fact they've gone deliberately gone back to an earlier Red Dwarf. Mm, yes. Yeah. They're even echoing the uh, the original Red Dwarf theme from the opening credits. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is back. Some of the early incidental music is there back. Were, yeah, there, I think when, um, what was it, Harold Rimmer died? Howard. How, sorry, Howard Rimmer mm, yeah. passed on. You had the strains of the Rimmer song from the yes. simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah um, the one that keeps getting um, stuck in my Rimmer. head. So much better than <laughs> the, the garden, Zimmer. Rimmer. I have to admit, I'm, brave I'm and not no a slimmer. massive great Red Wolf fan. Uh-huh. I like some of the early stuff, but then I just kind of got a bit fed up with the humour that it, it yeah. didn't move on kind of style. But one thing I did like about this in terms of the look of it is it had the same look as Red Dwarf, mm. the original. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it hadn't gone too clean and super duper and moddy and it hadn't gone too grungy. It, it looked like it was the same sets and the same CGI mm. and that kind of stuff. It looked different enough to me because it's all gone red inside yeah, it. Yeah, right. It used to be beige. Maybe they changed the, back, the <laughs> bulbs. Yeah, yeah. And then they had the, red the, bulbs. The, the, <laughs> thing, the thing is, was the production values of Back to Earth were far... I don't know. I want to say higher, but it looked flashier. It looked there was the look wasn't right. Whereas now yeah. the look is mm. well, well. Now, of course, they're filming the shots. Yeah, in quite a few of the shots in uh, Back to Earth, I mean, it was set against uh, green, sp- oh, green yeah. screen yeah. background. Yeah, it was a lot of it filmed on location as well yeah. in Back to Earth. Yeah. Here, it was all done in front of a studio yes. audience. Yeah, which mm-hmm. makes it's a heck of a difference. I think. Yeah, was it a live studio? Yes. Yeah. So some of it did sound a bit canned. It did. Uh, well, it wouldn't be a dead studio audience. <laughs> no, it can be to a canned uh, live audience. Holograms. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was live. I think the mix was wrong. I think the yeah. laughter was too loud sometimes. I think it's the, <coughs> the reason why it was canned laughter, or going with the appearance that it was canned laughter, is they you might be seeing the third take, but the laughter may have been taken from the first take. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Maybe. They're, they're, it did feel like they were dialing up the laughter sometimes, then you could hear yeah. it being dialed back down. Yeah. Which, yeah, is unfortunate. But it was a real live audience. I think that makes a difference in their performances. Yeah. Well, as they said, they, the, their game always comes up. Yeah. And they're always used to, well, generally, anyway, used to be filmed in front of an audience. Mm. And that does give it an extra edge. They all have to be there, perform, and yeah. they get the extra adren- adrenaline buzz yeah. that you would performing mm. in front of a few hundred people. Red Dwarf fans, particularly. Yeah. These are all Red mm. Dwarf fans, generally. Yeah, they, they did a, a ticket sale, didn't they? Yeah, or, yeah. Mm, of course. A raffle or something. Now, question... At the end of this one, there was a new hologram that looked like they stepped out of the 1970s. 80s, yeah. Or 80s. <laughs> DS9 uniforms. <laughs> Did they explain where the old hologram was? I think that is... Or did I miss the that? No, no, I think you're the, the trailer. Like the, the, the end the, of it, there was a trailer for the next episode. Oh, I have not seen it. Had um, the on-board computer. Yeah, the on-board. Com- block your ears. Block mm. your ears. Oh, I don't mind. Okay. Yeah, which had an on-board computer aboard, but that's next season. I don't uh, next episode. I don't think the Hollies, that's either the Holly or Hilly, 
uh, in it at all. But no, they didn't I explain ex- why they were. No, they no. haven't. They haven't explained why they why they are missing. Uh, it was explained in Back to Earth because Lister had flooded the computer core, uh, and they, they don't refer to it again yet. But yeah, maybe they will. But yeah, um, yes. Uh, shall we go on about problems quickly? Yeah, yep. yeah, I think, yeah, I think we should then. We have increasingly a very densely populated universe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. For the last ships human, everywhere. For the last human board, you've got the uh, shopping centre, the yeah. still seems to be active and, and doing business. Yes, yeah, and... Rimmer's brother. Rimmer's brother. Yeah. He should have been know, dead but... three million years. Well, he's yeah, dead, dead obviously. Three million years, but... Yeah. yeah. But the impression you're given is that it's still a current ship with a current crew. Yeah, exactly. Because the symbiont wants to rise up against the terrible Mm. humans. Well, if if he's the last human, there's no one to rise up against. You can just turn all the holograms off. Again, this is referred to himself as the last human. So it's given the impression there was more humans around. Yeah, Yeah, that's the only problem. we, We can't be stuck back in season one and two where it was just them on their ship because no. there are very few they exhausted that it has mm, to move forward much. it has to and, and the simulants simulants and the gulfs and yeah. that sort of stuff polymorph but I suppose it gives it the ability for them to take it more as a parody of Star Trek which this one clearly De- was definitely was <laughs> yeah. love the uniforms yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uniforms DS9 uniforms and the whole bridge set up yeah very uh, Star captain. Trek what is it 40 buttons just for the captain <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Crichton, we just hosed him down and gave him a hat. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. The, the dialogue is certainly back. Mm. Oh, yeah, that, great, that is yeah. one another thing that I thought, thought was missing from the original special, is there didn't seem to be any snappy one-liners or dialogue. Mm, okay. so he, one of the ones that stick in my mind, my mind is he's so slow, he, he's faster than dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that line. Faster than the speed of dark. dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I have to rewatch uh, Back to Earth. I didn't think it was too bad at the time, but I think this is a step up. Getting back towards top of form. It's a fairly middling episode, I'd yes, say, I, in I, general, I, but middling I'm episode af- of their top of their game. Yeah, I'm afraid, to my mind, yes, Back to Earth was that bad. <laughs> uh, to my, again, to my mind, as I said, I didn't find this great but it's a move in the right direction. You know, we'll see how... how the, I know it's only, what is it, six episodes? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll yeah. see how the whole season pans <clears throat> out, but it's looking tentatively good so far. Hmm. Start off a Rimmer-centric one. Yeah. I don't know, it's deliberate. So Rimmer's obviously a very popular character. Yeah, and I think, what is it, for Christopher Barry, he had problems towards the end playing Rimmer, so... Yeah, there were, there were issues. I don't know quite what happened there. I yeah. know there were issues with him and Craig Charles, I think... There yeah. was allegations about Craig, which I think turned out to be untrue. Or yeah, uh, yeah, could be. Well, I, I do remember now. from speaking to Danny John Jules while they were still making the original one that there there were certain members of the cast who weren't very popular amongst the other members of the cast. That was at the height of it, and yeah, you, know, you mm. don't know how much well, well, t- times change and so yep. do people. So. But also, yeah. I mean, you got it's, it's, it's like you know, I'm not Spock, I am Spock. You're playing the same character for a long period of time. Some people are quite happy to do that, and some other actors yeah. just get sick of Crazy. the character they're Crazy. playing yeah. if it's to be believed and I think I do believe it they've actually they've really enjoying working together again yeah, mm. yeah. I think it it shows as well. I, oh, think, yeah. I don't think there's any problems anymore behind the scenes on that yeah. front. No, it's just that they, they. My only, as I said, downside is something you touched upon earlier: is how far they can they keep going? Are they playing the characters as they are now, or are they still playing the characters as it started when there was meant to be uh, twenty-two, twenty-three? 
Yeah. Well, they're not going to change completely. Obviously, they're yeah, going to get older. They're, they're, and they clearly are older. Be, besides Danny John, Danny John Jules, they are looking slightly old. I mean, even the, the comic gag was that even Crichton has lots of extra software. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's obviously put on a bit of weight. Uh, yeah. Or Robert yeah. Llewellyn, but uh, yeah, and his neck looked weird yeah. as well. Yeah. I don't know. That's mm. a costume problem or anything, but it made him look like he's hunchback. But, yeah, I think they did a good job. I liked the fact that Cat is starting to revert back to an earlier Cat the, as well, to an yeah, extent. The, again, the end of the, the moose joke with yeah. him shuffling off as he used to do. Mm. Back in yeah, season well one and two. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was good. Uh, so we're getting away from the, the, the really poor, repeated joke Cat we had towards the end of the series. Yeah. Well, they're moving away from the Kachansky years. Yeah, although she's still referenced, see the photos oh, yeah. of her mm-hmm. in in Lister's bunk. Yeah, the scene where he's talking about if Ch- if uh, Chikansky was to walk in, I'll put the phone between my bum crack. And yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we'll so wait and see. Yeah, hmm. it's yeah, a good start. It does a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It's still written by Doug Naylor mm-hmm. on his own, yeah. which I, I still think is a There was mistake. two people credited, though. Creators. Uh, Rob Grant was, yeah. was created as a co-creator, but it, just written by Doug Naylor. You lovely people, you've been sending us feedback. We've heard from Rebecca. Hello, Rebecca. Rebecca's new. Dear team, I've been a listener for a couple of years now and always said I'd write in when I'd finally caught up with the podcast, but that never quite (laughs) seemed. We keep running. As a bit of background, I started watching The Ninth Doctor in America back in 2005, and my flatmate Mm. that I made watch with me was the only other person I knew here who watched or had even heard of it. Then I moved to England for a year and got very Ah. used to being able to talk about who with pretty much everyone I knew. When I moved back to the States, it was still relatively obscure here. I got a pretty mindless desk job and started listening to big Finnish audio dramas at work. Mm -hmm. When I'd gotten through pretty much all of their catalogue, I started googling fan audios and ended up on the Staggering Stories site. I decided Mm -hmm. to give the podcast a go and immediately felt like I was back in England talking with a bunch of my mates. (laughs) Sadly, I transferred to a new position at work where I couldn't use my headphones and fell behind on my audio drama and podcasts. I've now found my own group of Whovian friends here, some recent converts, some long-time fans. Recently, I switched back to my old desk, and one of the first Uh things I did was to start catching up on the Staggering Stories podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It was like being back in a room with my friends again. (laughs) I've gone through all this to say, thank you for keeping me sane with your insanity. (laughs) In a time where I otherwise felt rather alone. Yes, reverse culture shock does exist, I can attest to that. Um. You all kept me company and kept me in the loop with news, reviews, and who old and new. Thank you, fans. Since I finally caught up with both Who and more or less with this podcast, I'd better take the opportunity to comment, though I promise I'll be briefer. For the most, the seventh series has been pretty good so far. As of writing this, they've aired through episode four. Fun, fast-paced with some cracking lines. I loved Mark Williams since the first episode of Red Dwarf, and casting him as Rory's dad was Mm, absolutely perfect. The scene at the end of Dinosaurs on a Spaceship of him in the TARDIS door is quite possibly my favourite in all of New Who. Normally, I try pretty hard to avoid spoilers, but somehow always get forewarned about really big moments in the show. Leading up to this series, I didn't actually try that hard to avoid spoilers, but pretty well managed to do so. And I think that actually affected how I viewed the series because of how Moffat plays with the fans. 
For instance, all I knew about the new companion was that she was brunette and going to be called Clara. Therefore, when I watched Asylum of the Daleks, mm. I knew the whole time that something was up with her, but had no idea that she might have a connection to the next companion. Ah. Also, I didn't watch Pond Life until after the third episode, <laughs> yeah, and unlike too. all the other web webisodes and extras that I can think of, I feel Pond Life really affects the viewer's understanding of the show, i.e. the Pond's attempts at real life and how the Doctor really does interrupt things for them. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I think that's more than long enough for a first feedback. Team, you have in fact all done exceedingly well. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Rebecca. That's a long time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rebecca. Woo! Is Rebecca the new Naya? No, uh, not no, yet. Sorry. Okay, we have a letter here from Adrian. Ah, hello, Adrian. 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 Is it just the one. Maybe. <laughs> hello, team. Maybe. All I have to say is yes. Pardon? Oh. Adrian's ah, in the crisis chair. Adrian's in the crisis chair. This is proper who. We had unit, Rory in underpants, and Darth Vader. Well, Darth that was Vader? a bit odd, mm. but I liked it anyway. Oh, right, yes. We also had the Pons trying to choose a hula's life and their wacky son-in-law going insane trying to live a human one. My favourite bit is when the Doctor reveals that he is basically imprinted on Amy as he saw her when he was born. Yep. Very touching like scene, Yes. <laughs> I even love the cheesy power of three voiceover at the end. Sad though that just as they decided to keep hoovering on, that the end is one episode away. Silly companions. <laughs> Later, Adrian from California. P.S. <laughs> if they kill Rory's dad, I'm going to be very peeved. <laughs> P.P.S. <laughs> also, thank you now for confu confusing me with Andre. You made me seem a better man. <laughs> Actually, it was Naya who confused yep. him with Andre. Yeah, that's it. Also, thank you, Naya, for confusing me with Andre. You made me seem a better man since Andre sent the team Twinkies and Mountain Dew, and I did not. No, you didn't. And don't feel bad, my name has been misconstrued for years. Andre, Andrian, Adrian, etc. <laughs> don't get me started on my last name, which is almost a city name and a secret. Bath. Well, unless you saw me <laughs> post on Facebook. <laughs> Adrian Scunthorpe. <laughs> Hang on, apparently, unless you saw him post, face, post on Facebook, in that case, it isn't a guess anymore. So he's posted on Facebook. Oh, right. Okay. Oh. I'll, I'll Google Adrian Scunthorpe. Yes. <laughs> another one? Milton Keynes. Oh, yes. Thank you Newcastle for using the. Get on, get on. You're interrupting his PPPSs. Adrian Great Yarmouth. PPS. Thank you for using the TARDIS license plate photo I sent you oh, yeah, for the you front page for a bit. Yes. Makes me feel like I'm contributing to your greatness. Aww. Be seeing you, Ooh, Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> well, Adrian Stockport. What's that Welsh city with the really Land long... Lanfair... Oh, you just went. Yeah, let's just let them think I said it. Just had a mouthful of phlegm. Go, go, go. And guess what? What? We have one here from Adrian. Mr. Scunthorpe. From California. Hello, Adrian. Again. Hello, team. Hello. Another podcast blew my mind when by Ooh. pondering what the Doctor is travelling to see, the Pond's in reverse order. 
Mm. What if the Doctor went back specifically to get them back together or to change some horrific event? Mm. He failed that one. (laughs) (laughs) All the Ponds leave him since he finally sends River to the library in this last of the A Pond Calypse Now Pentology specials. Mm. (laughs) Could be that's why he's acting all undoctorish and murdering everyone since he just lost his wife. No, mm. no, not all. Looking no. forward to the heartbreak of the Pond's next and last episode. You'll be they disappointed. Be- no, Adam, isn't. Adam isn't. They better not kill Rory's dad. Later, Adrian from California. Adrian's got a thing about Rory's dad. Mm. <laughs> As twice he's threatened them with violence. I have one here. Yes. Oh, Adrian? No. Yes. Oh, Adrian's oh, there's a, a PS. PS. Oh, I'm sorry. Get on with it. The Power of Three was a nice blending of who and new, old and new who. Loved the wacky son-in-law doctor driving his in-laws crazy. And the scene <laughs> between Amy and him made me fantastically happy and sad at the same time. Aww. Aww. He just said that. And how come Darth Vader's son's helmet showed up? <laughs> or was that Sidious or a fat Darth Malak? I guess the yeah. cubes are all booby-trap Sith holocrons or something. Oh, well, be seeing you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Well, if you go far from the future, uh, Rory's dad will be dead. Yeah. Won't we all? Well, yeah, exactly. So, like the Ponds. Yeah. If you go for enough. Okay, I have one here now. Who from? Martin. Ah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're showing them. Hello, Martin. Martin, change your name to Adrian Scunthorpe, please. <laughs> right. Just listened to your thoughts on the Harry Harrison in episode 140. Ah, yes, yes. One yes. of my favourite among his standalone books was The Technicolor Time Machine. Very good novel. In which a Hollywood studio uses a time machine to make an historical epic. It includes a lovely little time paradox that I thought they were going to use in The Big Bang. Ah. Think of the post-it note for Amelia left on the Pandorica. Yep. Here's a couple of games. Yeah. Things in five words. Oh, dear. Here we go. <laughs> Diary entries. Adam's favourite. Not. Spoilers. Rivers' diary entries. Spoilers. Ah, yes. Just a minute. Adam speaks for one minute without (laughs) hesitation, repetition or deviation on the subject of... Spoilers. Impossible. (laughs) He will repeat himself several times. Lots of expletives. Lots of words that can't be used in a family. (laughs) It will just be... Commenting on uh, the Technicolor time machine, I mean, the paradox at the end of it is very, you know, it's very witty. It's got a very good twist at the end of it. Mm. I mean, basically, I mean, there was a radio play um, made, also made about about the novel. So that's quite amusing that was. But I mean, I just wish they'd used American actors instead of British actors using American accents. Ah, oh, yes, often a problem. Well, I have one here from Adrian, <laughs> Mr. Scunthorpe himself. Right, uh, Adrian says, Hello, oh. team. Hello, Adrian. I don't much to say, but meh about the finale. Ooh, Ooh. Mr. Scunthorpe's not happy. Yeah. It would have been nice if the Pons chose to leave the Doctor on their own, but Moffat had to force the issue, I guess. Well, Amy kind of did choose to leave. Yes, she did. <laughs> would have meant more for their character growth and still would have crushed the Doctor's heart. <laughs> Adrian, dude, she's got issues. This is supposed to be your hero. You're not supposed to be crushing his he's heart. Got, looked pretty crushed at the end. I was kind of hoping they will find out about River's fate too. And you actually 
see that in one of the DVD extras from season six, the Doctor Meteor for the yes. last time yeah. before yeah. sending you off to the library. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a set of four or five extras. Yeah, it's extra it, scenes it they did. Short. Yeah. yeah, and I had one question. Go on, then. Oh, only one. So 1938 is cut off, but what is stopping the Doctor or River from going to see them in 1950? I assume the paradox still destroyed the hotel, so they could go where ever they wanted to somehow give the Doctor or River a message in history. Then they could just be brought back to the present. They'd be older, but then they wouldn't be abandoning Amy's parents and Rory's dad. And since they would be like 20 years older, they could have said, Doctor, we're retired. Maybe Amy and Rory sought out their family in the past and pulled a river melody thing on them, being their friends but secretly being family. Or maybe their paradox unparadox itself and they are stuck in that hotel. Which would be lame, as they could just jump off the roof again. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I guess it doesn't matter now. Since they've left the show, I doubt we'll see Brian again. I mean, we haven't seen Amy's parents since the Big Bang. Thanks a lot, Moffat, for overly complicated, plot he- hole-heavy, mediocre and callous send-off for two of the best characters on TV today. Meh. <laughs> 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 I may actually stop watching the show as I don't feel any great desire to be a fan. Be seeing you. Adrian. P.S. Oh, I'm sure my nieces and nephews and mom will make me watch the Christmas special, <laughs> but it better be really, really good. <laughs> or I won't be watching in the spring. Right, we've heard from Forrest. Hello, Forrest. Forrest, Forrest has gone all timey-wimey on us and Ooh. written his letter Muffet. in an odd order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says... P.P.S. I am sending you feedback to an episode you haven't released yet. Therefore, this message is not in chronological order. P.S. My little Dalek, extermination is magic. (laughs) Thirdly, did you notice that the late Amy and Rory might have been gangers? If so, you can probably skip this bit. Reasoning begins. By original Eh? Blink-style weeping angel rules, when the graveyard angel tagged Amy and Rory, they died of old age almost simultaneously in 2012 at ages 87 and 82, respectively. Mm -hmm. Originally, Rory was displaced back to 1938. This means he had another 74 years to live, 2012 minus 1938. Amy dies of old age in 2012 at 87, 87 minus 82 is 5, so she arrived mm. in 1933 and lived another 79 years. Therefore, they were both 8 years old in 2012. What? Well, <laughs> I can't imagine why... I think his maths has gone a bit... I can't well, imagine why Amy needs glasses if she isn't a replica. Also, counting series 5 and 6 as 2 years, if you add 8, you get the 10 years that Amy <laughs> thinks they've been travelling in power of 3. <laughs> this might be a slightly more elegant reason for being childless than something they did at Demon's Run. They weren't designed or intended to reproduce. Reasoning ends. Yes, it does. <laughs> Secondly, yeah, now, <laughs> now that it mm. seems likely that all that waving at the ponds out of the pages and public domain videos of history the Doctor was seen doing in The Impossible Astronaut was actually aimed at the post-Angel Ponds, isn't it a shame that Stephen Moffat didn't have them wave back? Wouldn't it have been nice to have a New York City bicycle messenger knock on the TARDIS door to deliver a cryptic note saying, you forgot to look at the back, didn't you? And then the doctor would run outside and find latitude and longitude inscribed on the back of the monument 
and go off geocaching for time capsules buried by the ponds over 70 years, maybe Mm. all over the Earth, Mm. or on the moon if they make friends with the right astronauts. (laughs) They could even leave packages with lawyers to be left on other planets by Starship Scotland in the future. Montage of Doctor (laughs) assembling a wall of photographs like the one in Amy's bedroom. Audience completely dissolves in tears. Moffat wins another Hugo Award. (laughs) Oh well, maybe he'll address all this last year, or the year before that. (laughs) Firstly... Hello, teeming team of real fake cardboard, plastic, vinyl, and whatever the head of Pertwee is type people. <laughs> Forrest. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Forrest. Hi. Hello. I have one here from Dawn. Oh, hello, hello Dawn. Dawn. Hello, Dawn. I like the way Dawn. we've got lots of female listeners. Yes, yeah, girls That's are good. better than boys. <laughs> For some things. Hi, gang. With uh, all due reverence to the esteemed Hop. Well, that was a bit underwhelming, wasn't it? (laughs) I think we've got a last one coming. I thought it would be a much more dramatic if it had been left when the pods ponds jumped off the roof at Winter Keys. Or is that just me? This episode was back to moffety, scary, wary, timey-wimey goodness that I love. And how did I not click that Melody Malone was River? It's so obvious. I loved when the Doctor and Amy realised that he was reading what was being described and describing what was happening. Rory mm. went for a coffee. Those yep. cherub angels were freaky, and that yeah. awful yes. giggling noise they made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <that. laughs> now, I love the Tittering. weeping angels, but since Blink, something's bothered me about them. They don't actually kill you, do they? No. Or do unspinkable things to you, like Ooh. the Dalek Cybermen's <laughs> and Tygon. Stop giggling over there, making up his own letters. They send you back in time. And okay, I'm sure if I got sent back, I'd be pretty hacked off about it. But then you get Mm. to live a life and die of natural causes. So, to me, the really scary thing about them is the fact that, like spiders, they just appear out of nowhere. Mm. Mm. I've often been in a room where I've spotted a spider in the corner. Gone Mm -hmm. to get something to destroy said spider, only just to come back and find it's... Vanished. Vanished. That's because it knows you were going to squash yeah. it. Just put it in a cup and put it in the garden. Climb then into your bed. Now that is scary. And creating an idea of a battery farm where the angels send people back in time and then keep them locked up for the rest of their lives, thereby trapping the life energy, is much more sinister. The idea of a Statue of Liberty being angel was <laughs> uh, sadly completely underused. I was imagining something like the scene from the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, yeah. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, too. I kind yeah. of was. There as well. you go. Mm. Love the Doctor's reaction at meeting up with River, and River is always a treat, even though the story wasn't actually about her. All in all, I'm very sad that we'll have no more Rory. But yeah. not so bothered about Amy leaving. No. <laughs> it's the I'm right, with you there, Dawn. Yeah. It's the right time for her to go, really. Looking forward to Christmas now, I'm finding out more about Clara Oswin. As always, you're doing a grand job, team. Keep it up. Thanks, Dawn. Thank, Thank you, Dawn. Thank you, Dawn. Yeah. Any more feedback? I think we have some audio feedback. Andre, here we go. Hello all participants, human, real, imagined, or merely constructs made of corrugated paper or perhaps petrochemical based. Also, hello to all those made out of rubber. (laughs) Take microphone in hand, well, not in hand per se, as this is a headset, but I digress. This is why I'm sending this missive to you guys. Well, 
Greetings from New York, final resting place of the Williamses. In fact, I know exactly where that cemetery is located. Mm -hmm. And while I have in the past invited you to come and visit here in New York, I would like to say that I will not be willing to lend Adam my shovel or a backhoe. (laughs) As you can guess, I'm going to be commenting on Angels in Manhattan. Well, the story was good. It did have some glaring errors having to do with my beloved place of birth. In no particular order, first off is Winter Key. Yeah. It's not Winter Key, it's Winter Quay. Rhymes with way, day, stay. You're an American, dang it. <laughs> Speak English. American English, anyway. Definitely key. Sorry. The street signs in 1938 were all anachronistic. Yeah. No, I'm screwing up that word. Anachronistic. Doesn't matter. Basically, they were all fouled up. The left turn sign, for example, while they were driving, should have been white, not yellow, and it should have said left turn and not have been a pictograph arrow. The no parking signs were all modern ones. There were various fluorescent lights that bothered me as well as they were uh, they were at least a year early based <laughs> on the patent of fluorescent lights in general. And Time distortion. it would have been a few years before they would have been in, you know, widespread use. Pedantic, I know, but it took me out of the story ever so slightly. Travel through space and time, not a problem. Wrong sign, well, that brings me back to, oh, that's right, I'm watching this on television. Oh, another thing. At the end, when they were in the cemetery, they didn't say what year it was. I was guessing that Mm. it takes place in 1938, because that was the only time they were actually all together. I mean, when... Rory comes upon River, it's in 1938. She's already there. Yeah. You know, up to this point in the story, she was never in 2012. And lo and oh. behold, in that sweet, gorgeous skyline that I love, what do I see? Well, the Citibank building. Now I know it's not the Citibank building anymore, but that's what I grew up with it as. So it's the Citibank I building. I said it was 2012. And oh. that great building was built in the mid 1970s. I bet for the fact. Uh, that lots of the shots in Battery Park close-ups have the Chrysler building, which is way the hell uptown and wouldn't be in the shot. <laughs> mm. But I digress. I mean... He's moved. There's a lot of things else to talk about. I mean, like, why in God's name was the Statue of Liberty an angel? Because now, I know Moffat is huge. He's it's big on the visual aspect and to devil with the facts. But let's go a few, over a few things about this. No one notices the following. And mind you, this is in the time when New York City was the busiest waterfront in the world. And with that in mind, nobody sees a 300-foot-tall French check taking a swim across the harbor on a semi-frequent basis. Not a soul saw this. Nobody. Nope. Nope. Nobody on watch. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody... It was late at night. Yeah, having a cigarette outside. They were well, back then you could smoke inside, which was lovely, but... Yeah, nobody just staring out the window. Looks an angel. Nothing. Eh. Nobody. Eh. (laughs) That's why it wasn't moving at the end. It was just leaning because everyone was. Do you have any idea how many photos, painting, pictures, doodles of the Statue of Liberty or Liberty enlightening the way there are, or for that matter, all those little miniature statuettes that they sell at every. I don't know. Well, nowadays it's, you know, souvenir shops, but I'm sure somebody sold them from a uh, cart down on the water at Battery Park. Yeah, so anyway, all those pictures, all those paintings, 
all those photographs, doodles, statuettes. Mm -hmm. That said, I guess they were all angels, every one of them. Yeah, therefore, I'm kind of guessing we'd be doomed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Also, for all the talk about budget cuts and austerity woes, you know, with the BBC in general and Doctor Who, was spending money on an Englishman in New York really a good use of funds? (laughs) I mean, were we not to guess that they were in New York from the title or the opening crowd shots? (laughs) Could there be a possible explanation by the way, as how the Doctor and Amy get from Times Square to Brooklyn in about a nanosecond. Mm. I mean, I really know tons of people that would pay good money for that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just to save that little bit of, well, let's let's call a spade a spade. It wouldn't be a little bit of time and transport. It's cool for editing. The middle of Manhattan to Brooklyn. (laughs) All right. Rant's over. Well, at least for now. (laughs) I did love watching the opening establishing shot with the Doctor, Amy, and Rory sitting on the rock in Central Park. Especially since I had my father over and we were watching the show together. And he just happened to lean over and tell me that when they were dating, he had actually taken my mother to that exact same rock in Central Park. All right. Off on the rock. Let's skip over all the continuity errors and all my, well, whinging. (laughs) Let's talk about the episode itself. Yeah. Or at least not so much the episode itself, but the main thing, the main reason, if you will, uh, the leaving of Amy and Rory. Hmm. Well. Um, no, to be no. honest, I'm glad that Amy is gone. Uh-huh. I've never been a huge fan of the character, not even in the physical sense. <laughs> not shedding a single tear at her leaving. This is the nature of the show. It is the one constant in nearly 50 years. Yeah. People mm-hmm. leave. Yeah. Some of them, I'm glad to see the back of. And no, that's not a sexual joke <laughs> you know, about Amy. That said, Rory. Rory, Rory, Rory. He's one of the companions over the years that I will truly be sorry to see go. Yeah. Roy, and by extension Arthur Darville, was an actor that I loved to watch. His character, besides giving Kenny from South Park a run on his money <laughs> in that department, yep. was everything I know, and speaking just for myself here, everything I know I want to see in a companion. Why? The companions are the characters that we as viewers slip into. No, not in that manner, <laughs> oh, Presidente. <laughs> I've always looked well. at the companion as a person that, if the fates had been more lenient, would be me with, uh, with the Doctor instead of them. Yeah. That said, who wouldn't want to have been Rory? Except for the yeah. you know, small bit about him being close personal friends and a repeat customer of the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah. Honest, faithful, and stalwart. To me, his and Amy's death... You know, is a problem. You know, if it's written down, it's fixed. Since when? Yeah, well, right. Not for nothing. I'm sure if the doctor can erase all records of himself from everywhere, I'm sure he can slip a headstone in a Queen's Cemetery. (laughs) Just a little side note, uh, Queen's is a county or borough name in New York City. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other ones being New York County for Manhattan, uh, Brooklyn for Kings County, 
uh, Richmond for Staten Island and the Bronx, which apparently is the only one that goes by its proper name. Mm-hmm. But I digress. Miss Gunthorpe? As to his not being able to Miss go Gunthorpe. back to New York City in 1938, well, there's a simple answer to this. Land on Long Island. <laughs> Take the train. Mm-hmm. Long Island yeah. Railroad had been working mm-hmm. for over 100 years at that point. Hop onto the island, get him out to Long Island with a stop to pop a headstone up, and Brian gets his son and daughter-in-law back. Am I being overly simple? Yes. But I don't care. (laughs) This is not what I was hoping for when I tuned in to watch Doctor Who Saturday night. Okay, you may not believe me, especially after all the crying and the whinging and the gnashing of teeth that I just did. (laughs) But I did like this episode. (laughs) Just because I found flaws in it does not diminish the fact that I loved it and cannot wait for the 12 weeks to pass for a new episode of Doctor Who. Well, thanks a lot. And, oh, Hmm. how many times did we see two angels staring dead at each other? (laughs) I guess they partially fixed that whole quantum lock dealie, huh? (laughs) Well, myopic. This is Andre in New York, wishing everybody a uh, well, a good off season at least for the next twelve weeks. <laughs> Thank you. See you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rush by, I'm sure. We have one last bit of audio feedback here from Andy Nunny. Oh, hello, hello, Andy. Andy. Well, good evening, Staggerers and uh, the head of Pertwee. This I was privileged enough to carry round uh, quite a bit of Wales uh, a few <laughs> yes. weeks ago. Welcome, greetings to all the. Uh, Various incarnations of the uh, now sadly departed Brunhild and Nobnacker. Of course, you never ever did use the uh, name of his, my, you know, my son, you know, Enkelbert Mountshide the Third. All that oh, pain yes. I went through to <laughs> yeah. think of that name, and you never <laughs> ever used it. So I was sorry. 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 But anyway, hello to Graham and uh, Churchill and uh, Nazi Spock and. Uh, Hello to everyone there as well. Uh, another good, fun episode today. Got me through the uh, my gym session and my uh, lunchtime sweat session as well. Um, yeah, very bad news about Janet Fielding. Now, uh, given that the lovely Dawn is a radiotherapist, she knows a lot about cancer. And mm-hmm. it does seem that uh, if they catch it early enough, then there's a very good chance that, uh, you know, she will come out of it well. I know we've uh, yeah. obviously lost her. Uh, uh, Liz Sladen and Mary Tam, which is awful because it does seem to be someone that just strikes out of absolutely nowhere. I've actually got a friend uh, a bit older than me who's just been diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, But it's actually amazing what can be done these days. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's certainly no, no reason to give up hope just yet. Manimal. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, interesting directing Doc 2. Now, that would be something spectacular. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A bit of a rip off the fact that we're actually now getting three films out of the hobby, given the size of the book, and we have three films of Lord of the Rings. Is yes. it three films? But, uh, clearly, yes. that is. Um, just money. Also, on easy. your show notes, what's an ablum? Oh, Clockwork dear. Angels ablum, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, Red Dwarf <laughs> 10 starting soon. I hope you, goodness, that can be better than the last part of rubbish. I mean, it really was <laughs> rubbish the last lot. And Rivers of London, mm. yeah, actually excellent. I've got all three of those books. Mm. They're absolutely superb, and they do describe as Harry Potter for the, the adult generation, which I think is probably a bit of exaggeration. <laughs> but it's certainly very, very well written and uh, very well worth watching. Now, the last two episodes, now, uh, Town Called Mercy. Yes, it was um, Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, also... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Flipping neck, I've forgotten the, uh, the Red Dwarf episode now. I've completely forgotten uh, the name of the, the title. Apocalypse. Yes. Uh, and it's not going to come back to me. No, it's not. But that's the one I thought of as well. Uh, I think these last two stories really were more about the uh, the relationship between yeah. the Doctor, Amy, and Rory, and how that developed, and how they ended up back with each other. Uh, 
Interesting. What, what is he like to poor Brian? Because of course he's the one that uh, told them to go. Yeah. I just wonder, did he actually suspect that um, they wouldn't be coming back? Now I, I did a piece mm. for Adam Pearson because I'm thinking they're going to be heading back into like the the 1880s, 1890s in New York, aren't they? Because if uh, what uh, if Roy was 87 when he died, he was 31 at the time of the filming, which is what the 2030. That's shunting about 50 years. So he's going to go through uh, the boomtown there, and then he's going to go through the depression. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very different way of getting rid of two characters yeah. because you know as you said they become a fixed point in time they uh, I think I just flicked the microphone there as well so uh, you did. Gene please oh. shout at me if you want to no Karen <laughs> but I think there's the way the, the way the character developed and the way the doctor's developed he really is very much the, the lone the lone lone ranger the lone stranger if you like because mm. he's someone who I don't think he's capable of having a long-term relationship. I mean, given the fact he will live, you know, like how many years did he live in between seeing Amy and Roy going back to the various yeah. stories eventually he had with them? Years, yeah. I think it's very difficult for him to have a long-term relationship. It's a bit like uh, Highlander, if you think of what's happened in there, mm, when yeah. uh, mm, yeah. he stays alive and she dies. And it's, I think it's that sort of, uh, that sort of concept. Right, mm. so Dread. Well, I, never seen, I haven't seen the new Dread film. I did see the original Dread film. I think I was living in Telford at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty dreadful, was wasn't worse, it, yeah. as well? Yeah. Um, and I'm um, certainly looking forward to the uh, the next episode. It's going to be sapphic as well. I mean, the mind just, just boggles, doesn't it? <laughs> and, of course, Jenna Louise Coleman. I mean, certainly um, she really has uh, shown she's got what it takes. So, um, yes, yeah. I think uh, people are looking forward to seeing a lot more of her, aren't they? Anyway, <laughs> have fun, folks. Uh, looking forward to the next episode and obviously the Christmas special. And uh, speak to you soon. Bye now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And so, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of another podcast. Aww. Aww. No more pond. <laughs> God be true. But never fear, in the next one there'll be more of the same. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. Until that ginormous gargantuan gallery of goofery and goonishness <laughs> descends upon us once again. This is me, Crumbly, saying be seeing you. Farewell. Goodbye. With apologies to all fins, Clumin, hi hi. Clumin what? Bye, <laughs> 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 <Bye>, Pond. <laughs> You have been listening to the Staggering Stories Podcast, Series 1, number 143, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, that's me, Fake Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those of the other speakers or the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this is a Fake Keith production for www.staggeringstories.net. Mine's a pint. Gene's not talking to me. There you go, you see. <laughs> it's because the Queen tore up my ABBA tickets and for some reason Gene took offence that I didn't mention her in my dream. The Queen <laughs> tore up my ABBA tickets. She did. I had come round her house once, full of the joys of spring, having done nothing wrong in my life at that point. <laughs> To be welcomed by a bloody great thump in my arm. Oh, God, it was a gentle, friendly chuck. And I went, what the hell was that for? Because of what you did in my dream the other night. I often get so it. She's Can it be repeated? <laughs> Something that Cyril Fletcher on That's Life will come out of it.
I'm reminded of the time when the Queen tore up my ABBA tickets. <laughs> well, she did. See, ABBA were going to reform, and this was exciting news, and I got tickets front and centre for the gig. It was brilliant. And there was a knock at the door, and the Queen was at the door, and she took the tickets out of my hand and tore them up and then wandered off towards Crawley. No, she didn't. She asked if you had any tickets. She said, my husband doesn't want to go. And I have a spare. Not my husband doesn't want to go. And this one is for my friend Jean. No, I have a spare. She, she she's, says, she's a adding spare. things to my... <laughs> Would you like here. me to get to the Facebook entry? She's taking offence where none has been hammered in. <laughs> Pardon? Fence. Okay. It was a joke of kinds. Okay. We've got a gazoo. <gasps> I haven't. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's working. Is it, all, is it all two? working? Looks good. Andy is number two. Andy. In the nicest possible way, Andy. Are you turned on? It should be. I'm always turned on. <laughs> well, very quiet. Um, you're very quiet. Done. We're testing Andrew's turned on levels. Testing, testing. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Oh, he's not very turned on there. No, come on. Put some right, effort on. Give it a me. small tweak. Test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're one, two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my, it's so hot in here. I watched, I watched it on BBC4. And it's hard dining in the best possible taste. Two Kenny Everett best ofs. And it had Joanna Lumley with crimped hair. (gasps) Can we test Andrew's turned on level? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Testing, testing. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Was that good for you? He's more turned on now. (laughs) Then we shall begin. Welcome, 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 dear listeners, to this a very commemorative Staggering Stories. I'm... (gasps) What? <laughs> you just come. <laughs> you with the new crisis chair. Is that that sound effect? Have you heard that sound effect before? Like, Not for a while. Oh, you may want to check your boxer shorts. <laughs> How do you know he has boxers? I was being all sad and upset. That was sad. <laughs> Dabbing a tear. Oh, that's not a tissue. Anyway, he's been overcome with emotion. And his voice is unbroken. My my voice is finally broken. Go back to puberty. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, with further ado. I knew what I was going to say, but I've completely forgotten how to say it. Would you like a cup of tea, tea. dear? <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, no, come to me in a minute. This is the no, bit where you usually no, welcome people. Do I get the big stick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it usually starts, welcome, welcome, yeah, welcome. Yeah. Now it's the news. <laughs> what, podcast Mr. Oh. what podcast are we? What podcast are we? One hundred and forty-three. One hundred and forty-two. One hundred and forty-three. One hundred and forty-three. Hello, Skippy Doo. One hundred and forty-three. You know, it might coincide with the twenty-third of November, around that sort of time. What might? Our one hundred and fiftieth episode. Anyway, he's still overcome with emotion. It's a very emotional podcast. It's the distress. Not quite. Let him speak. <clears throat> All stare at him. <laughs> no, I'm going to break wind. 
Christensen hopes that enough signatures at doctorwhodownunder.com.au will convince the good doctor to... Adam, dude, <laughs> there are words missing. Word, there's, there's, word. there's also the no doctor to his country. <laughs> to visit, even, to visit his country. Just read it, woman. <laughs> will convince the doctor. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Find your happy place. I can't. Find your happy Om Madni Padniom. Om Madni Padniom. Om Madni Padniom. Om Madni Padniom. I'm there. I'm there. I've got a giant spider on my back. <laughs> cool. Now get on with your rant. <laughs> <laughs> what the real slow one? <laughs> yes, the real slow one. <laughs> 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 Tribute to Thingy Face or Guide. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> All alone in the night. What? That's what he says. Mm. He does. Jeffrey Sinclair. Does he? Yeah. We have a, a title spiel, and one of mm. the title spiels, Andy says that he goes all alone in the night. That's okay. what it sounds like. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Didn't have a grumpy song. What happened to the grumpy song? <laughs> oh, yeah, we the grumpy, the grumpy song. song. This is just for Adam. Adam is a grumpy face, grumpy face, grumpy face. Adam, Adam is, is a, a grumpy, grumpy face, grumpy, grumpy face. Second verse. Same as the first. Adam is a grumpy face, grumpy face, grumpy face. Adam is a grumpy face, grumpy, grumpy face. Third verse. Same as the first. Adam is a grumpy face, grumpy face, grumpy face. Adam is a grumpy face, grumpy, grumpy face. 95th verse. Same, Same as, as the first, first. second verse. Adam, Adam is, is a grumpy face, face grumpy face, grumpy face. face. Adam, Adam is a grumpy face, grumpy, grumpy face. face. <laughs> I worked long and hard at that song. <laughs> long and hard. <laughs> we can tell. It's good.